The trouble is you think you have time. Very famous quote attributed often to the Buddha, whether or not Buddha actually said that or not, who's to say? Who's to say? But it's a great quote and let's just attribute it to the Buddha. So the Buddha famously said, trouble is you think you have time. But isn't that true? Isn't that true for all of us? It was true back when Buddha said it, and it's true today. Why is that trouble? We do have time, but do we have time? How much time do we really have? I wanted to follow up on a thought exercise I conducted on myself a week or two ago with the rational, logical follow-up of what if you lived for one year? versus what if you lived for 1,000 years? I think that one of the things, one of the dangers that we run into a lot of the time is just being complacent. And we procrastinate, knowing that we have all this time or we perceive that we have all this time to get things done. We have 100 years to get things done. I'm 15 years old. Being 45 is a long ways away, but goes by fast as the saying goes. I'm 25, 55, I'm 45 years old. Being 80 years old is also a long ways away, but not really. Is it really? So how do you how do we square these things? How do we how do we have a healthy relationship with time? Because while there's a danger in complacency, there's immense value in stillness and in being contented. And just with being, I struggle with the idea of being a human being versus a human doing. And I'm right now, my current iteration is that of a human doing. There's no two ways about it. I'm working to develop my human being skills, a human being's ability to be, to be, there's something in there. So there's value in that, but there's also value in urgency. There's value in lighting a fire under my ass and getting moving because I got a lot that I want to do and lots of things that I enjoy doing, but I also don't want to run around frenetically like my hair is on fire because that's not good for anybody. Not good for me. It's not good for people I come in contact with. I'm just racing around, trying to get everything done. Oh my gosh. Ah! Suboptimal. So what's the trick? What? Where does the value lie? Where is that sweet spot? I think that it's, um. there's this thing called Parkinson's law, which probably familiar with, but fundamentally it's that time work will expand to fill the amount of time available for its completion. So if you have, um, I think that a good example of that is you have your morning routine that you go through. These are the things that must be done in order to get out the door, start my day. So if I normally get up at six and I leave the house at 730 got an hour and a half to complete all these things. But what happens if I sleep through my alarm or whatever, and I only have 30 minutes to get everything done? Well, odds are I'm still going to get all those things done. I'm just going to go at it quickly. I'm going to try to get the thing done a little bit faster. So 
it's interesting if you gave yourself all day to do a couple of things, it'd take you all day to do it versus condensing that down, just changing the parameters, changing the amount of time available to get things done, we're still able to get a lot of things done. That doesn't mean that we should compress everything though. It's an interesting thing. It doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. It doesn't mean that we're supposed to approach everything that we do with an eye on just brutal efficiency. Maybe we are. Maybe that's something that you think that you ought to do. Should I approach my interactions with my kids with brutal efficiency? Probably not. Should I approach my relationships and interactions with my best friends and my loved ones with my wife with brutal efficiency? Probably not. So I guess it kind of depends. It depends what's what the context is. And in some parts of my life, that brutal efficiency is probably of immense value. And in other parts, like I just laid out, not so much. So don't want to be too busy. I don't want to be too lazy. I want to find that just right. So is our nature as human beings, our finite nature, and it would be a finite nature if we lived a year or we lived a thousand years, that we have an expiration makes our existence finite, obviously. Is that a feature of bug? I think that it is more of a feature than it is a bug just because it does hasten us. It causes us to realize that while 100 years is a long time, it's also a really, really short amount of time, especially in the context of a thousand years or a million years, however you want to think about it. Loss and tragedy is absolutely devastating. I'm confident we all have experienced loss, the life, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a pet, the loss of our health, the loss of an ability to do something. It's it's always a devastating thing. And it it has the effect of hastening us. You see a bad thing happen to somebody you care for, it can potentially cause you to change your behavior can cause you to alter or shift your lifestyle, things like that. On the other hand, a new life, birth is one of the most wonderful things in the world. Babies are the best. They are the best thing in the world, especially when they're sleeping and they're really the best thing in the world. Um, I'm of course kidding, they're awesome all the time. Well, not all the time. A screaming baby is not awesome. You get it. You make you understand what I'm trying to say. So loss, devastating, but it hastens us. New birth, new arrivals, new opportunities, new love. Imagine or re- imagine, remember that feeling of the first time that you met and the process of your romance and falling in love with your significant other or a significant other, somebody in the past. Just that newness and the excitement and the electricity of it. I don't know if you're going to get that as much if you live for a thousand years. The the value of summer when you're a kid, you're on summer break, you're on a, a summer vacation. The amplification of the fun and the excitement because it is finite. That's a powerful and palpable thing. It's a real thing. Excitement on the first day of school, the excitement on the last day of school, all these things. Interesting. 
It is an interesting thing. So living for a year versus living for a thousand years. If you only lived a year, if you only lived one year, would you plant trees? Would you develop and maintain infrastructure? Would you build bridges? Would you spend your legitimately precious time doing those things? Or would you just say, F it, F it, I'm going to be selfish, just going to do me all the time. I'm only going to worry about satiating my needs and meeting my desires. Would I, would I be hedonistic? Just indulge myself, every aspect of, of, of my life, me, 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 dopamine all the time, right in my dopamine thing, hole. Where does dopamine come in? I guess everywhere. Or if I live for a thousand years, would I pursue the opposite of hedonism, which is asceticism, and that's severe discipline. It's the avoidance of any indulgence at all. And that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound awesome at all. It sounds like the opposite of awesome. So we find ourselves too cold, too hot, always looking for that just right. And I think that we laid out several different examples of how this manifests or shows up in our lives, but you know, we need to have our priorities. We have to have priorities and we need to make good decisions. Man, it'd be awesome to be able to eat pizza and drink beer and have ice cream with every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And as Taco Bell famously brought into our lives some years ago, fourth meal. So maybe maybe rip up some more beer, pizza, and ice cream for fourth meal as well. Well, that is uh, not a sustainable or successful strategy. It's not a winning strategy, eating pizza and drinking beer and having ice cream at every meal, and then an additional fourth meal. Not good for the long term. Neither is spending every single penny that I earn. Money comes in, I spend it. Not a winning strategy. But we are working to delay gratification, not eliminate gratification. So should I spend, immediately spend every dime that I earn? No. Should I hold on so tightly to every dime that I earn and never spend it? Well, no. Then then I am being anesthetic. I am depriving myself. So- I like that. Uh, I like the term or the idea of delaying gratification, not eliminating it, because a black and white monochrome life uh, would not be very exciting, probably would not be worth living at all. It'd be very, very boring and bland. And I'm not interested in that. I don't like boring and bland. I think fundamentally, I advocate and I'm trying to live a virtuous life. I want to be able to do whatever I want, but make good, wise, healthy decisions. Just because I can eat pizza and drink beer and have ice cream every meal, doesn't mean I'm going to do that because that will turn me into a fat ass and I don't want to be a fat ass. So we make choices. So maybe it's beer, pizza, and ice cream once a week or a couple of times a week versus every meal. But it's also, and it's also, it's not always about what I'm shoving in my face, even though based on our conversation today, it seems like that's a big part of it. 
what I'm shoving into my face, the kind of pizza I'm putting in my pizza hole and ice cream, pizza and ice cream, beer. They're so good. So good. Yum, yum, yum. I also want to be a very caring person, but I don't want to be a smothering person. I'm interested and do work very hard, but I don't want to burn out. I want to have fun. I want to mess around and F off quite a bit, or at least every once in a while. And I think that whether I live for a year or I'm living for a thousand years, I am interested, very highly interested in building for the future. I believe and I know for me that my prime directive, my biological imperative, my psychological imperative, all of it is, is constant improvement. It is it is the realization of my potential. And I think to do anything other than that is a waste. But that doesn't mean that I'm constantly maniacally pursuing that. It's taking everything one step at a time and recognizing the things that I am allocating time and attention and energy and money towards, and then honoring those things. I think that that is such a key thing right there is regardless of the amount of time that I've got here. If it's I'm 45 years old, do I have another 45 years? I think I do. So let's say I'm let's say I'm I'm going to live for 100 years. Okay, let's just say that I've never really thought about that before of how long I will actually live for. Maybe that's the next one. Um but in the 100 years that I have, so the 55 additional years that I'm going to live, how do I balance this out? How do I find my just right? And I believe that that comes down to understanding what is of most important to me, what is of greatest value to me, and then doing the things in service of what those things are. And sometimes that can be doing nothing. Sometimes that can be eating ice cream. Sometimes that can be taking a nap. Sometimes it could be running. Sometimes it could be lifting weights. Sometimes it's reading or writing. But when I know what is most important to me and the things that I want, when I decide that I'm going to do those things, I will then honor them, honor that decision by giving it my full undivided attention, by giving it my full energy. So whatever it is that you have decided is most important that you're going to be doing right now. That's what I advocate and encourage you to do is to honor that and to take it like you mean it. I think that better choices lead to better lives, whether we're going to live a year or 1,000 years. And what I want you to do is to do your part by doing your best.